Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kuyamaka Conversations. My name is Heather Johnson. I'm currently a student at Kuyamaka College's Music Industry Seminar, and today I will be interviewing Mr. Nathan Samuels. Nathan is the founder of XIV, See Through Records, and is also in a few other bands. So, if you wouldn't mind, um, would you please tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do within the music industry? Absolutely. So um, I have been an instrumental uh, instrumentalist since, wow, since the 1900s. Uh, <laughs> in the third grade, I started playing trumpet uh, in, uh, well, what was prepping to be marching band at uh, Lemon Grove Middle. And cool. then when I got to Lemon Grove and was playing in the band and orchestra, uh, I found out about drumline and uh, started learning percussion. Uh, then of course, started using what I learned in band to start teaching myself other instruments. So um, I taught myself guitar and piano, and then it just kind of started expanding from there. I was playing in some different bands, um, and I kind of was figuring out that it's really hard to guide the art part of it with the technical part of it. Mm -hmm. So I would use old school like uh four track tape recorders to try to you know record the different parts and make a song instead of having to try to um you know get the band to learn all the parts and then spend all this money on studio time so that's when i first got my first taste of kind of being a producer mm -hmm. uh and that's something i didn't even know what that meant at the time all i knew was that i wanted to make songs not just um, you know, me with a guitar singing or something, but a uh, whole compositions. And so that's when um, I started kind of expanding and getting into the industry. Uh, one of the kind of like industrial kind of uh, synth pop bands I was playing in in college, um, you know, we were getting some success. We were playing up in LA a lot. I went to UC Irvine, so it was nice to be between San Diego and LA. Yeah. I wasn't Did you major grow up in San Diego. I did. Uh, I grew up actually in Lemon Grove. Oh, nice. Uh, yes. And uh, when I went away to college, the challenge was was that um, I did not. I had a passion for music, but I didn't have the belief in myself that I could actually do it for a living. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just I'd been told by everyone oh, it's so hard. You won't, you'll be, you know, uh, you'll be on welfare if you try to be a musician full time. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I struggled with that. Uh, I had a passion for just learning in general. I ended up majoring in chemical engineering because it, uh, you know, seemed like it would be a, a lucrative career, but then yeah. learning really what that was all about. I was like, wait, I like people too much. You know, it's a lot of time, uh, you know, sitting behind a computer or something that I was not as interested in. So I kept working on my art. I kept um, making music in any way I could, uh, but still was, you know, pursuing my bachelor's. And then when uh, when I graduated, I moved back down to San Diego started playing with another band that was a little more like Latin uh, rock and funk. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, picking up the trumpet again after years too. Yeah. But I was kind of floundering in terms of what I was going to do to make money. 
Yeah. So, so um, I avoided it for a long time, but uh, because it's kind of the family business. My mom's a teacher. My dad's well was a teacher. Uh, my uncle, my grandfather's kind of you know. I didn't want to be like them. Yeah. Uh, nothing. There's anything wrong with them, but I had to, you know, find my own way. And then when I took a class on educational psychology, I realized I was being silly. Yeah. So what did you end up doing? Like, how did you go about that? Long story short, um, I started teaching and was still uh, doing music uh, when the uh, uh, Latin kind of project that um, I was playing with kind of fell apart. Um, I was looking for something new to do. And uh, my wife, Kelly Samuels, and I... Um, we had been playing in that band together. That's actually how we met. And when that fell apart, right. we're like, we got to do something. So what happened was I ended up just saying, hey, I have these tracks for my solo project that was called XIV. Uh, mm-hmm. I had to name it something. It wasn't anything that I really even showed people, but it was just a collection of all the songs that didn't fit with the bands I was playing in. I did all the parts. I did all the engineering, the mixing, the mastering, all of it. Um, performing, recording, all of it. And, uh, you know, I started showing it to her. It was a little more down-tempo, a little more chill. Um, and I'm like, but it needs something. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, so she started singing over one of the tracks one day. And I went, oh, my gosh, that sounds amazing. We've got to record that. Yeah. She's like, yeah, just let me know when. And I'm like, no, right now. <laughs> so I kind of had her sketch out a little more improvisationally Flute parts, she's an amazing flute player, uh, and vocal parts to kind of round out some of these tracks. And that's what started XIV is actually a band. Yeah, so XIV is your, like, your band. Not yes. like yours and who else? Well, it- so so it's been slowly growing ever since. Okay. Uh, we have four studio albums that are available on Spotify and all to iTunes and all platforms. Um, And so it started out with just my wife, Kelly, and I. Mm -hmm. And then we brought on Tony Sandoval, uh, actually another teacher, believe it or not, uh, our bass player. And then it just kept growing. Um, From one of our other side projects, Sunday Hustle, um, we started stealing members from them, too. We ended up with uh, Shani Ayana on backing vocals and some hand percussion. Uh, Julio Estrada uh, on guitar. Uh, we've been playing around with various other like guest artists, like uh, Peace Be Free is an amazing MC, Jay Chu, phenomenal violinist. Um, we've been working with uh, Rhythm Turner, a uh, killer drummer. So um, it's kind of been growing into more of a collective. Mm-hmm. And so at this stage, I still, um, you know, it's still quote unquote my band in terms of uh, I'm usually bringing the concepts, the sketches for songs out. And in the end, uh, after recording everyone else's contributions and uh, fleshing them out, mixing and mastering them, I'm still kind of uh, captain of the ship. But now it's become so much more collaborative. It's changed just kind of uh, the way I approach making music because sometimes I'll just turn it over. Oh, I was thinking something kind of like this, but let these other up to nine artists, um, you know, just add their creativity and their own vision to it. And I let that guide where uh, the song is going to go next. 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that, um, you know, had some success. People really enjoyed our live shows. We ended up in a film soundtrack and in the reader, and we had gotten some accolades. But I noticed that I kept hitting walls in terms mm -hmm. of making it uh, accessible to a wider audience, um, getting to the next level. Um, yeah, inter yeah, I yeah, I, I kept running into roadblocks and I started researching a little bit about how, you know, record labels and record contracts work. And there's some really, um, well, there, there's some, there's some not so great stuff that's going on. Artists that end up um, basically becoming, the record goes platinum, but they don't, you know, make any money after there's a yeah. lot of stories like this. And I wanted to, you know, do something different. I wanted to, I stayed with teaching because I never wanted to choose between the art and between, can I pay rent? Yeah. That was another thing that I wanted to ask you was how, or not really how, but why. And I think you kind of explained it earlier, why you chose to do teaching rather than just do music full-time because I know it also can be like kind of a hassle to do both at the same time so how do you manage the two together that's a great question um so yeah I mentioned a little bit earlier uh how I didn't believe in myself enough that I could make it uh, doing just music yeah and um so teaching was an excellent uh career for me to do because a I love teaching uh, I, I love being, I love learning myself. And so helping other people learn is exciting. I get to meet the most amazing people. I learn about, um, you know, new music and uh, kind of stay current and relevant because I work with the younger generations, younger every year as I get older. Yeah. And um, so doing both definitely has had lots of challenges. Um, it's nice teaching. I could choose, as I have most summers, to not teach summer school. Contrary to popular belief, most teachers don't get paid in the summer if they don't work. <laughs> and so, uh, at any rate, but I was able to, through music, make enough money to at least make it through summer. And, th and those types of vacations and not having to work weekends usually has helped me um, keep the music going. Mm-hmm. There was a time when, you know, I was taking on more of a leadership role uh, at, at Mount Miguel High School. That's where I teach. And uh, it was really becoming impossible to balance family, uh, work, and music. And so the music kind of suffered. Um, there's a long hiatus. There's like one or two releases from other projects in between. But there was about a seven-year uh, time where there were no new XIV albums. Mm -hmm. And that was hard. I noticed I was getting depressed. Like I, I was very successful in that one part of my life. And, uh, but the music part was really where my heart was. And so I wasn't, um, I wasn't happy. Yeah, that makes sense. So I had to make adjustments. Um, I kind of pulled back some of my teaching responsibilities. I still give everything I can to my students, but stopped teaching extra classes and so many after-school programs and academies and 
department chair, all these other types of responsibilities so I could really focus on the art. And around that time, it was perfect because I'd been putting on all of our releases see-through records. It was a vision of mine of, you know, wanting to create my own label so I could help other artists see through the same Roblox that I had. Yeah. So what exactly is see-through records? So see-through records um, is actually a partnership between um, myself, my wife, and um, my business manager, vice president, whatever you want to call him, uh, numbers man, um, Patrick McGarry. Uh, he came in and he said, Nate, you've got this amazing music and vision and um, skill set and you're growing a network of people, not just musicians, but um, cinematographers, uh, you know, all kinds of different artists, performance artists that could create something that wasn't just driven by the money, um, but really making great music and all the art that surrounds it because especially nowadays it's such a you know video based world uh that yeah it's a key component so uh see through records here well i'll throw it up i don't know if this is useful in any way or not oops but we are an llc um limited liability corporation um we have currently, um, well, seven artists on our roster. Our newest one isn't quite up there yet. We just signed Rhythmics, which is Rhythm Turner's uh, new project. But yeah, basically, we are um, a label that's really about trying to um, bring people together with music, trying to help people see through uh, whatever roadblocks they've had to achieving their musical dreams. Yeah. And so we offer all kinds of services that don't require, you know, exclusive contracts. We, we will, you can come and just record uh, music. We can do mastering, but we also do other things like artist development and those kinds of things. A lot of music uh, record labels will uh, sign an artist. They keep 99% of the artist's revenue for life um, you know, and uh, we didn't want that. We wanted to d be transparent. See yeah. Through. Oh, yeah, nice, even, nice. yeah. <laughs> even our vinyl is actually uh, clear vinyl. So you know, there's see through records literally as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But <laughs> at, at any rate, so we really uh, were trying to uh, achieve a different business model, which was to start signing some artists that we would be able to pay up front for their um, costs for because it's really expensive to make an album. If yeah. you want to do it right, the marketing, the videos, all those elements that a lot of people, that I missed, right? Because I, I look back and even though maybe the production quality wasn't what I'm able to achieve today, I think there was some really great music with some of these projects. And the reason they didn't achieve larger success was due to the fact that I didn't know anything about how the industry worked. And the other piece was I didn't have partners to do the things like legal, taxes, you know, finances, marketing, all these things that for me always detracted and distracted me from the creative points. Yeah. That's, that's the part I really care about. And now I actually have a team of people that can do some of those things. Um, my wife is our uh, A&R director. 
And so she can meet with artists and say, okay, what do you want? What are you looking for? What are your timelines? She can follow up with them. She can make sure their experience in the studio is positive, that they are kind of looking at the big picture of what they're doing. Because I think that's the other reason um, a lot of musicians um, and people in the music industry are not successful is because they're just looking at their one little piece. And that's great. If you want to make it as a guitarist, it's the formula is pretty simple. You know, uh, practice 10 hours a day and, you know, uh, learn from everybody you can, make the connections and be an amazing guitarist. But if you're trying to create a piece of art, then you have to look at all the different elements involved because there's mm -hmm. a lot that goes into it. Yeah, there is. So what is your ultimate goal with see-through records? Like, is see-through records something that you want artists to look at as like some sort of stepping stool? Do you want them to focus on like the more creative side rather than business? Like, what's your ultimate goal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So the ultimate goal is really to bring people together through music. Um, mm -hmm. It has a unique power. I mean, if you remember your first concert, there's this moment where you realize that all of these people are happy and they're, you know, unless they're, <laughs> unless they're drinking too much or something, you don't get a hangover <laughs> from that happiness. I think yeah. music is one of the most powerful things to unite us. Sometimes it's even just an album or an artist that made you feel less alone. I know personally without music, I'd be in a gutter somewhere. You know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I and we talked about this a lot when we founded the um, the company officially uh, in 2020. Um, is bringing people together through music is the the big picture. How do you do that? So the first thing is, is for example, there is so much immense talent in San Diego that is completely unrecognized. Mm -hmm. We are an enormous city and county. Yeah. And there is so much talent here that uh, they are creating this beautiful music and it's not bringing a lot of people together because it's a very fragmented and disconnected scene. I notice if you go to New Orleans, San Francisco, all these other places, you're gonna find people you know, coming together, people that are yeah, they may be competitors in certain senses, but they also are collaborators. And uh, with the craft brew and restaurant scene in San Diego, that's something that has uh, truly um, shown that that working together and uniting your abilities and competing in a friendly way and not a you know cannibalistic way does something for the scene. Yeah. So that's part of um, the that's part of the vision and the goal for see through records is um, getting giving people an opportunity to connect with other people in the scene, giving people the opportunity to get past whatever their roadblock is to connecting with their uh, their fans. Yeah. So sometimes it's just getting a high quality recording. And fortunately, I think that's something we've done pretty well at, you know, um, see through studios is not a million dollar studio. 
but uh, we'll make your record sound like it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that is such like an important part of being an artist is having somewhere where you can go to really have that like, I don't want to say cleanliness, like clean feeling, but that feeling of almost feeling like professional and having music that isn't just recorded in your bedroom through like a tiny mic it it's kind of like confidence boosting so I think that's really cool that you do that um was there anything like when you started this what was your like your final push to like finalize it and make sure like this is what I want to do like this is this is it like what made you do that I have to give uh, a huge amount of that credit to my partners uh, mm -hmm. because w when I had, as I previously mentioned, kind of shifted my focus a little more uh, towards music and um, developing XIV and taking it to the next level, um, we had gotten some great things happen. We uh, ended up um, with our um, our music in a soundtrack for an independent film called 66 and Nowhere. This actually won Best Soundtrack at uh, the Laughlin International Film Festival. We got to perform in Laughlin for the international community. That's really cool. That's it really, really cool. is. So we're on IMDb now and everything, yeah. which is like, wow, we're in movies now too. Yeah. The director was so thrilled with our music that he said, hey, you know, I got to pay my crew, but I'll do a music video for you for free. And this was an insane opportunity because yeah. this this crew, GSO Productions, um, are so talented. And to get that kind of, I mean, it's, yeah, for what we paid, it's like a 99% discount. It's insane. People yeah. don't get Music this opportunity. Music videos are expensive. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, our latest XIV video, Silver Rays, um, plug intended, uh, <laughs> Silver Rays, was our simplest video <laughs> and it took nine hours just to set up the lighting really just before we started before we started filming anything wow that's insane because those are those behind the scenes thing things like mastering things like lighting uh, people don't realize how much they contribute to the experience people have with their music the average person yeah. can't tell you oh you know, the uh, drums are over compressed or uh, there's not enough stereo depth in your vocals. You know, they can't tell you that, yeah. but they know when something doesn't slap like it should. Right. It doesn't hit you. It doesn't get you in the gut. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with with uh, film there. They can't tell you why that uh, cinematography isn't the same quality, but they can tell when it isn't. Yeah. And, and so um, really after getting some of this success and then, you know, it happens really often. I got to tell you and anybody else going into the industry, you are going to go through a roller coaster. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. going to be dizzying highs and painful lows. And that's normal. Yeah. So speaking of that, is there anything that you really wish you would have heard when you were first starting? Like when you were first starting out and getting into all of this, like what is the one thing that you really wish young Nathan Samuels would have heard before getting himself involved with the music business? I think it would be a better definition of the term failure. 
There's two ways to think about it. One is failure is only something that occurs when you quit. The other way to think about it, it, it kind of a little, you know, um, a, a more uh, small level um, perspective, because you might have certain opportunities that happen once or whatever, and you could fail that one opportunity. I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> failure in that sense, I think of it as it's the thing that's telling you to move in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And so uh, kind of also to wrap up the previous question that I didn't fully answer, I got support from um, my partners, Kelly and Patrick, to, um, to really do this. And when Patrick forced me as a business manager, hey, where do you see yourself in five years? And I was like, well, ideally... I would cut down. I, I love teaching. I still want to do it, but I would cut down to a you know sixty percent uh, uh, workload, class load. I would go down to practically part time. I keep my benefits, thank goodness. Uh, but going down to practically part time and then doing, you know, music, pretty much full time, and then okay. eventually transitioning to be able to retire, and make art uh, as long as I can, and. Back then, um, I I wish I would have told young Nate Samuels, hey, it's okay if you don't, if you're afraid about the money part. It's okay. There are so many things related to your skills and interests, though, that could keep you in with the industry. So, for example... If I had majored in audio engineering instead of chemical engineering, I would still have a science background. I could have still become a teacher. I would still have a skill that is useful. And even if not audio engineering, electrical engineering, I could be making guitar pedals or synthesizers or something. You know, there's Mm -hmm. so many related things. And that's um, not just for science folks people that are interested in other things. If you like social media, we need social media marketing in the music industry. I don't want to do that all day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get burnt out after like 10 minutes on Instagram. I want to go back and make more music. And yeah. so, uh, you know, um, I guess that's the main thing I would say is that use, the, there are many facets of you and this isn't just young Nathan Samuels. This is anybody wanting to get into the music industry, yeah. even Heather Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> there are many amazing facets of you. You are not a one-dimensional creature. And all of those have an intersection in music somewhere in ways that you often won't even imagine. Keep developing those parts of you and find ways where they connect to the music industry because you will go through changes you will shift your, uh, your focus. You will try things and go, oh, that's not what I thought it was. But what's she doing? That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that all of your work up to that point is what is helping you to see the bigger picture and be more of a value and have more versatility in the music industry. Don't give up on music as a whole just because you're not the most amazing guitarist of all time and didn't get, you know, uh, hired for Pierce the Veil or something. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
Yeah, well, thank you. I think a lot of the things you said here actually will be relatable for a lot of people within looking to get into the industry, especially students and younger people. Um, so thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thanks for letting me interview you. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, if you'd like to find um, more about um, what we're doing, uh, check out seethroughrecords.com.